It has been a while since we needed to do an emergency podcast, but Thursday morning's news, Duke, out of the ACC tournament because of one COVID positive and subsequent contact tracing, its NCAA tournament hopes are done. Duke will not be in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1994. Had to hop on the horn with Parrish, who's in New York. Let's get to it. Emergency pod. Here we go. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Thursday, March 21st, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me in big breaking news in the sport earlier today. Duke has been removed from the ACC tournament because of a positive COVID-19 test within the program. The Blue Devils were scheduled to play Florida State on Thursday night. They were only four-point underdogs, so it was a winnable game and an opportunity to keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive, but now it will not happen. Florida State advances. Duke goes home, and given that Duke remains significantly on the wrong side of the bubble, we now know that Coach K will not be in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1995. Duke's run of 24 straight NCAA tournament appearances is over. It's unofficial for now but it'll become official Sunday. Deadleg, your thoughts? Uh, well, uh, the timing is obviously wild, right, Parrish? It's March 11th. A year ago, March 11th, was when the Rudy Gobert stuff happened. Um, you know, by no means am I saying history is repeating itself. It obviously isn't, although it has been interesting to see how the reaction to this has caused... A little bit of freak out. I want to remind people that this is Duke is now the sixth team to have this happen to them. This is not the first time a team this month has been knocked out of its conference tournament because of a COVID positive. Uh, there have been others. Uh, and so because it's Duke and because it's a, it's a conference tournament and it's March 11th, people are freaking out just a little bit given the, given the year. But a source confirmed to me that this was Duke's first positive in its coaches and uh, – players period since the pandemic began they had not had a positive the entire season preseason offseason anything um uh, i had a source tell me it was a uh, a player who did not play against louisville with all of this concern then drifts to well is louisville uh and potentially you know in some uncertainty i guess to a a small degree but really that's not the expectation here um louisville which has uh, quite an interesting bubble case oh by the way it's going to get in but that resume is weak um We'll see, uh, you know, what happens there. But there's no reason to believe that Louisville should be in jeopardy from an eligibility standpoint because of what happened with Duke. A reminder, uh, for anyone that might be dipping in on this emergency podcast, and this might be your first podcast experience this month, just a couple quick reminders on all of this stuff, okay? Because I've seen some like, oh, it's happening to Duke. Tournament starts next week. This is this is a situation that will not be repeated at the NCAA tournament for a couple of reasons. One of which you can read in my court report on Thursday. I literally lead with the technology that they are going to use to help stymie situations exactly like this. You cannot travel to Indianapolis unless you have seven consecutive days worth of negative tests. Every single team that is in contention to make the NCAA tournament or has already qualified via automatic bid is testing every single day this week so that when Sunday comes, they can get on a plane or get on a bus and make their way to Indianapolis, and then they will continue to test daily thereafter. Will there be positives? Yes. Have we been talking about this since the preseason? Yes, of course. Is the Duke situation going to 
repeat itself once we get to the first round next week. The reason why I say no is that they are going to have the strictest of protocols to try and prevent this. They cannot 100% prevent it, obviously, but it was deemed on behalf of Duke, the health officials overseeing this, doctors, and the ACC, that because you had this one player test positive with subsequent contact tracing and for the benefit of the ACC tournament and its integrity going forward, Duke would then be removed. We can talk about the season, whatever, however you want to go, GP, with that. But the one thing I've seen in the immediate 15 to 30 minutes after this Duke stuff has come out is here we go again. What's this going to mean for the NCAA tournament? I don't think the likelihood of a team getting knocked out of the NCAA tournament the way that Duke has knocked itself out unintentionally here is high. It's not impossible, but the protocols, the technology, the contact tracing, all of it that's going to go into that, the NCAA is doing every possible imaginable thing to prevent this exact thing from happening. So this is a massive story because it's Duke. Everything connected to Duke is a massive story. Um, But the truth is, without winning at least another game or two in the ACC tournament, Duke wasn't going to be in the NCAA tournament. So this isn't necessarily kicking Duke out of the tournament as much as it's removing Duke's opportunity to try to get into the tournament. Still a big story, but I think a a much different story than if this were to happen to, say, Florida State or Virginia. So here's my question for you, because there's a lot of confusing stuff on Twitter about what this means, what it doesn't mean, as you have already noted. Uh, Let me throw this scenario at you and you explain to people how it would be handled. This exact same situation comes up Sunday with Houston. Houston is clearly in the field as a two or a three seed. They could lose at any point in the AAC tournament. It does not matter. They're in the field. Houston, let's say they advance to the championship game of the AAC tournament. They're getting ready to play Wichita State. And two hours before tip-off, Houston confirms it has a positive test within the program, and contact tracing puts them in a situation where they aren't allowed to play the championship game of the AAC tournament. Now what? What does that mean for Houston? Not in the AAC tournament. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for Houston as it pertains to going to Indianapolis and competing in the NCAA tournament? Okay. If Houston is in that situation where it cannot play in the AAC tournament because of contact tracing, then the situation could repeat itself at that level. Again, the contact tracing is the big deal here. Not necessarily as many as the positive tests, which we always have to keep at the front of our mind here. We are still dealing with human beings contracting uh, a novel coronavirus, and many people still don't have the vaccine in their bodies. So if that were to happen, the selection committee would not be able to put Houston into the field. If, if we get to Sunday and Houston's supposed to play in the AAC title game and we have the same kind of news drop with the Cougars, just as a pure hypothetical, obviously, um, with the Cougars as what happened with Duke, Houston would not be in the field. The committee would readjust the bracket. You would have then what would be the 69-team bump in and the bracket gets adjusted, et cetera, et cetera. But there is an important discrepancy to be made here. The rule is for the NCAA that all... Tier one personnel have to show seven consecutive negative COVID-19 test results before they can depart for Indianapolis, which means in a, in a, in a different scenario that you laid out, GP, but similar, if Houston got to Sunday, okay, and it announced we, ha- it, we have one positive COVID test and we have put two more people 
into contact tracing protocols. They are in quarantine. Um, Houston could theoretically still play the American Athletic Conference Tournament Championship on Sunday, and it would be able to travel to Indianapolis and play. It's not that one test within your program in the next three, four days knocks out your entire team. That's not true. You can travel with nine players, you know, three-fourths of your coaching staff and support staff and still be involved in the NCAA tournament. It all comes down to the contact tracing, and it's why what you're seeing with Duke and what we've seen with other smaller conference teams, the NCAA is trying its best to not have a situation where that is repeated on the ground there, and they're they're taking every possible social distancing, technology-aided schedule embedded advantage that so that this does not happen period and they can say all right we're about to play our second round this team has two covid positive tests but the connects on tracing devices they've been wearing the video that we've had the contact tracers on the ground we've been using they show with high confidence that 24 other people in the tier 1 traveling party they're not at risk of contact tracing that's why i do not believe What's happened with Duke here is likely to repeat itself in Indianapolis. Not that it can't, not that it won't. I'm just telling you, they are doing every imaginable thing possible to make sure that this doesn't get repeated in five days, 10 days, 15 days. Either way, what happened with, with Duke and what could theoretically happen with Houston or Michigan or anybody else is a reminder of what are we doing? Like, like we yes. talked about this months ago. You know, you know what they should have done? Had a, I'll let you pick the day, seven day, 10 day, but a total lockdown in Indiana before the tournament is scheduled to start. Everybody, like the NBA did when it restarted in the bubble down in Orlando, like everybody get here. Let's all quarantine. Now let's all operate within these protocols. Uh, playing basketball games in a window in advance of the NCAA tournament that can knock you out of the NCAA tournament is insanity. And I understand why it was done. I just don't think it should have been done. And what just happened with Duke and what could happen with anybody else that's projected to make the bracket in the coming days is exactly why it shouldn't have been done. Yep. I don't want to be prisoner of the hour here, uh, but Duke is the fact this has happened to the, the und indisputable number one television draw in college basketball. Uh, it amplifies the issue here. We talked about it in the preseason. We talked about it on the podcast throughout the season. I did a story in which I pulled more than 40 head coaches in January and asked them, if it was up to you, would you play in your conference tournament or not? Yes or no. And nearly 30% said, if it was up to me, we would not play in our conference tournament. Commissioners, athletic directors, they... They made it clear. They got the message across. And, oh, oh, by the way, many players do want to play in this tournament. That is absolutely true. Uh, The coaches said, if my players want to play, I'm not going to stop them. But it should have been taken out of everyone's hands. That you should have never... We don't know if we'll have another one of these. We've had Again, we've had six. I don't know if there will be a seventh, an eighth, a tenth. Duke might be the last one. We don't know. But six teams have had their chance to go to the NCAA tournament taken away from them, in part because... 
College basketball's power brokers and schedule makers decided that they want to, wanted to and had to have their conference tournaments butt right up against Selection Sunday. And so the thing that everyone talked about and predicted could happen is now happening. This could have been avoidable through the scenario that Parrish just laid out to you and pushing the conference tournaments back so there was separation between the league playoff and the start of the NCAA tournament. There was never going to be a perfect solution. The schedule, the time off, all of that. All of these are factors. But when you get down to it, would you rather have a chance to play in the tournament period? And have it and and have some sort of separation, or have a situation here with Duke where, if it beats Florida State, if it does, it might not have. It could have lost by twenty two. But if it beats Florida State, we don't think it would have been in the tournament. But we damn well know is Duke now on the bubble was going to be the number one story in college basketball had it been able to play. Had this not happened, there, college basketball should have separated its conference tournaments from Selection Sunday. More space between them. I've been telling you this for months, and now it's affected the most polarizing, popularizing, biggest draw in the sport. Duke season, for all intents and purposes, is done. Its streak of making 24 straight NCAA tournaments is over. Its first positive test. This this couldn't have been entirely avoided, but the situation we are talking about right now could have been prevented. Yeah, and it's not even that hard to fix. I mean, I just laid it out. Uh, every conference tournament has to be wrapped up by March 7th. Selection Sunday is March 7th. Everybody flies to Indianapolis that, that's in the bracket on the night of March 7th or early on March 8th. And then you're in quarantine. And then we start the tournament on March 13th. I mean, March 18th, the same way we are, are going to right now. In other words, you get to Indianapolis and you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 days before the bracket even starts. If you have any sort of positive COVID issue within your program in the middle of your conference tournament, like let's say Duke was on the right side of the bubble right now. Duke has a positive test, you know, uh, on the the Thursday before the title game of his conference tournament. Fine, go home, guys, and um, now wait for Selection Sunday, which is coming up in a few days. You're in the bracket. Fly to Indianapolis. Court, you're fine. Nothing that could happen to you in your conference tournament would necessarily knock you out of the NCAA tournament, but we are in a situation right now, and my fingers are crossed that it doesn't happen because it would be cruel, but we are very much in a situation where a team could have COVID issues during its conference tournament and be eliminated from the NCAA tournament. That's not the case with Duke because Duke probably wasn't going to be in the NCAA tournament anyway. But there are a whole bunch of other teams out there that are playing right now, playing today and tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday that run the risk of ruining their chance to play in the NCAA tournament because they're competing for a conference tournament championship. It's why I guarantee you if you are, I don't know, Jawan Howard or uh, Scott Drew, are you like, hey, we're here, let's win it. But like, you know what, if we go home today, it's not the worst thing in the world. Without a doubt. I mean, when the news – I got a – Text from an assistant. I got Parrish. I got a mid. I got a text from a from a high major assistant who set to to play in the NCAA tournament. That's actually factual, though. Just kind of expressing like, uh, yeah, because this is what we all needed right now. Like the, the exact thing that I've been talking to you about and worrying about for months. We just saw it happen with Duke. Um, I yeah. I really hope that we can avoid this the rest of the uh, the rest of the way. Clearly, for the health of everyone involved, for the integrity of these conference tournaments, for the NCAA tournament. Um, to be a fly on the wall in the selection committee room by, right now, by the way, I mean, uh, who knows? Um, that would certainly be interesting. There's probably a lot of weird vibes in that, and probably some, you know, some 
Some good conversation, uh, some interesting recollection. Again, it is March 11th. A year ago today, Rudy Gobert tested positive. The NCAA tournament actually announced no fans would be. Uh, the NCAA announced no fans would be at the NCAA tournament before that Gobert stuff went down. Tomorrow is actually the one-year anniversary of the tournament getting canceled there. So, again, the date that this lands on, uh, I can understand if you got a little bit of uh, a little bit of uncomfortable deja vu. But to be clear, um, you know, we're still heading towards Selection Sunday and all of that. But this stuff could have been avoided. So, hey, we had to hop on for we had to hop on for a quick emergency pod. It had been a long time. GP's loving it right now in his hotel room. He's just chilling. He's in New York City. He'll be on CBS Sports Network. We both did a CBS Sports HQ hit. He'll be on CBS Sports Network throughout the weekend. And um, and yeah, this is this is where we're at. I hope we don't have to do another one of these. Honestly, like I hope we're we're talking tomorrow as scheduled Friday pod. We're talking breaking down a bracket Sunday night. Parish, you know, field of sixty eight, um, and that this Duke situation is an isolated incident because if it happens again. Then yes, then the problems and concerns around everything just amplify clearly. Um, you know, before we get out of here, I do want to stress like this does suck for Duke because it, it, you know we've said many times they were probably not going to be in the NCAA tournament, but they weren't definitely going to miss the NCAA tournament. I mean, the interesting thing for Duke, and I'd had this conversation with somebody connected to the program in, in recent days, is that. They have been bad relative to their own standards, but they're still top 35 at Ken Palm. And there's not, at least in my opinion, a great team in the ACC. So was it a likely scenario for Duke to march all the way through this thing and win the ACC tournament? No, it was not a likely scenario. But they would not have been a significant underdog in any individual game. They were only four-point underdogs to Florida State. You know, um, Virginia is the one seed in this tournament. They have beaten Virginia. And so... I can just tell you that it is true. Duke probably wasn't making the tournament anyway, but those players thought that they still had a chance. And that coaching staff believed it still had a chance. And to have it abruptly ripped away, like I know it's popular to hate on Duke, but at the end of the day, you know, those are human beings in those Duke uniforms. And, uh, you know, they're, they're heartbroken today. This sucks. Uh, without, without question. And if you don't think it sucks, uh, honestly, uh, like seriously take a look in the mirror and and reevaluate your life like this is this this is a situation no one should have to endure my last thought on this parish um someone brought attention to it it might have been dane o'neill but if it wasn't my apology someone in my timeline brought attention to this uh it is it is cruel in this this respect my my closing thought a year ago duke made the decision before the conference tournaments ended it effectively ended, Duke ended the ACC tournament last season. It made the decision. It was not going to compete in the ACC tournament. It was the first school to do that in a power conference tournament. And now one year later, you know, Duke took the decision into its own hands a year ago today. And now 365 days later, the decision is taken out of Duke's hands and its season comes to an end because of that. That's just a cruel irony. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for once again listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. Norlander dead leg. Woo! I told you I never seen one like this. Look at what we're dealing with. I never, I never in my life had to emergency podcast because of a pandemic before. And yet here we are. Never seen one like this. I know. So stupid. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again Friday morning. Till then, 